Welcome everyone to another episode of the best of the best presented by the Maverick teams. I am your host Maverick Levy and first and foremost, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to an episode of this podcast. If you're a reoccurring listener, thank you so much for coming back and tuning in again. If you are new here, thank you so much for being here. I hope you enjoy your time here on this podcast. And I would encourage you to go back and look through these 70 or 80 plus episodes that are now live on the podcast channel on whatever platform you're using and go back and listen to some good ones. Go back and see how far I've come as an interviewer, as a host of a podcast. I find it fascinating. You may not because you're not me, but I'm sure there's a topic or a guest that you're going to resonate with and that you want to listen to. So go and do that. And before we get into this week's interview, I want to talk about something. And that something is I want you all to take a moment and go and follow the podcast on a platform that you use the most. And if you already follow us on that platform, choose another platform and follow us there. Also, if you have not yet, please leave a review for the show and what you think the show deserves. I would love to say leave us a five-star review because I think that's what the show deserves. However, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. So go and leave a review for the show. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts, feedbacks, and comments as always. So before we dive into this week's interview, Let me give the little disclaimer that the discussions on this podcast are for informational purposes only. I cannot predict and do not guarantee that you will attain a particular result from the information provided. You should always seek professional assistance before making decisions in connection with the topics discussed. Now that I got the little legal disclaimer out of the way, let's jump right into this week's interview. As I said in the intro, we have an exciting one for everyone today. His name is Justin Ely. He is the executive director of membership at the Boca Raton, located right near where I live in Boca Raton. Welcome to the best of the best, Justin. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me today and the opportunity. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. This one, we've talked about it for a while. I'm glad we uh, finally got to sit down and go through it and actually do it this time. So obviously, if you don't know what the Boca Raton is, I suggest if you're not driving, please don't do this. If you're driving, you know, while you're listening to us talk, go to the Boca Raton website and get a feel for what the property actually looks like. Because as much as we're going to talk about it, I want you all to visually see it too, because it's a very cool property. I always think, honestly, it's one of the most hidden gems in America, quite frankly, when you talk about properties. It's very unique, right? You have a huge compound. How many acres is it in total? 356. Wow. So that you can now try and understand how big this property is. And then the other thing for all of you listening to understand is this place is a hotel and country club, which is very unique in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You don't really hear that ever in a lot of different places. But before we dive into what the Boca Raton is, what it stands for, et cetera, I'd like to get your background and sort of how you found yourself being in this position where you're in charge of memberships at probably, in my opinion, I'll call it one of the most exclusive clubs in the country. The reason I'll use exclusive there, and some people might disagree with me, but I'll say that because I don't think you're going to find the resources, the restaurants, the atmosphere at any other club in the country that you'll find here. So Justin, the floor is yours to explain yourself. Thanks so much. And thank you for 
you know, all of your support that you and your family give to this amazing place um, that we call the Boca Raton and the Boca Raton Club. So I've been here about seven years, and I started my career here at the resort um, in hotel sales. So overseeing hotel sales, primarily bringing in meetings and events and creating environments for people to do business together, um, as well as overseeing our leisure guests. Um, we have five different hotel buildings here, all inside the compound or the village, right. if you want to think of it like that. So inside the village, there's five different hotels. 16 restaurants and bars, and then all the amenities like you mentioned. So at the harbor side, we have all the land activities, golf, tennis, pickleball, the world's hottest sport. I know. The majority of our 16 restaurants and bars, and then our new harbor side pool club on the intercoastal waterway and the marina. And then over at the beach club, we have half a mile of private beach and three oceanfront swimming pools and a Forbes five-star hotel, the Boca Beach Club. So yeah, we're really fortunate to have this, this place, this piece of land that's you know, so incredible. And, you know, I always say our number one value proposition is just the location because right. it's so easy to get here, like 30 minutes from Palm Beach, 30 minutes from Fort Lauderdale, an hour from Miami. And for those of us that get to call this home, you know, it's so easy to meet friends here and live our lives here because it's, it's so convenient and there's so many amenities. You know, a lot of country clubs are really limited, maybe like one or two golf courses, one restaurant, the same people all the time. Yeah. We're here, there's like a really great vibe of having hotel guests and members. And so our membership is more like being a resort guest. You just don't have a hotel room here. Yeah. So you kind of get to live that resort life. Um, and it's fun. You go to the bar at the pool and you meet people and you know, you can, so many stories people tell me they met someone at the pool, then they went and had dinner with them that night. It's just very organic and natural to build social community. And that's really what it's all about. Yeah, no, absolutely. So thank you for the background and kind of explaining verbally, right? The lay of the land yes. literally as to where things are, what they do. Now you being in charge of memberships, what does that role entail for you? And also you said, you know, you kind of talked about how you were in hotel sales first. Prior mm -hmm. to that, what were you doing anything relating to what you do now? Or did you kind of fall into this position because you were here, there was opportunities available and you took them? Uh, yeah, there was a little more strategy behind it. I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. My family still lives there. My parents are really incredible people. They're very hospitable. They're always entertaining. So having people to our home and kind of creating that hospitable atmosphere was always kind of part of our life. And my parents made traveling really important to us. So we would go these incredible places and they always made that important as well as they're into history, primarily like social history, like the 1920s, the Gilded Age, all yeah. of those things. So the 1920s is a great time in an history. An amazing period, right? Yeah. So we would go to museums and old homes and even like where you're from up in Detroit, like all those old, uh, the automobile barons, their homes and Cranbrook and all that stuff. Um, that's kind of how we grew up doing all that and seeing all that. And then I went to college in Ohio and all my friends when we were graduating were going to work in DC. They were going to work in politics. And I didn't know really what I was going to do. I had a business degree, but I was like, you know, I still have this like passion about hotels and travel. And if all my friends are going to DC, Ritz Carlton's based out of DC. So certainly I can find a job. There's four hotels in a corporate office. So I did, I started working in hotel sales. Um, and that's kind of where it got started wow. in the hospitality industry. The way you grow your career is by moving around. So you can work in city hotels, resorts, convention centers, all different types of, of travel. So I took that opportunity and I've kind of lived everywhere, East coast, West coast, sold a hotel in Mexico, sold Vegas, like really to help build my experience in like the travel business meetings and events primarily. Um, and I always wanted to be at Boca. 
I just thought that this was such an incredible place where it's it's unique, it's big, it's in a great location. There's so much here. That was something that was important to me. So um, seven years ago, I was offered an opportunity to come here and, and oversee sales. And it was a proud moment. It was something I always wanted to do. Um, and then, you know, a couple of years ago when Blackstone sold the hotel to MSD, we met with every ownership group um, when the hotel was for sale. Everybody wanted to look and see, do we want to buy Boca? Do we want to be part of Boca? All the hotel companies, Marriott, Omni, everybody was looking at this hotel of like, should we buy it? How would we do it? Um, and the, the best ownership group out of everyone that we met with was MSD. They had this long-term vision about buying iconic properties and holding on to them. They have a collection of hotels that are really iconic, like the Four Seasons Maui and yeah. the Four Seasons Hawaii and the Fairmont Miramar Santa Monica. So to be added to that collection was really important. Um, and to be owned by someone that wasn't just going to try to own it, put a renovation in it and sell it, that they were going to appreciate the soul that was here and the character and the history uh, was something that was really inspiring. So I wanted to be part of that. The, just the way that fate would have it or everything worked out, the gentleman that was overseeing membership announced his retirement right when we were going through some of the massive renovations that were taking place here. And I reached out to the ownership group and asked what their thoughts were about me moving over to membership. And then uh, Daniel Hosteller, our CEO, was appointed and he thought it was a great idea and they all helped me make it happen. And it's been about two years and I uh, absolutely love it. So there's one thing I want to pull out of what you said. And obviously, if you know, if you don't know, I'll tell you the listenership of this show is typically of a younger audience. Right. So I always try and put a lot of things in perspective to them. And one thing that instantly stuck out to me is you said that you took it upon yourself to reach out and say, hey, what are you guys looking to do with that role? What yes. are you, how are you looking to fill that role? And kind of elected yourself to be a candidate for that role. And you took mm -hmm. that amongst yourself to do and didn't wait behind any curtains or in the background and say, okay, is this going to come to me or not? So that's one thing I want to pull out from what you said for all the listeners out there that are listening if you see an opportunity, the worst that they can say is no, mm -hmm. right? And I think you taking that step is 98% of what other people wouldn't do, right. right? And that's what makes you you. The other thing I want to talk about is do you typically find yourself to be the youngest in the room when you're in meetings with partners or colleagues, et cetera? Are you typically the youngest in the room? Oftentimes, but I have to admit, I'm going to be turning 40 in March, which is like so crazy to me. And now I start seeing people that are like coming in a little younger. And that's like the first time I've been like, oh man, I'm not the young guy yeah, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so that's interesting that you have that observation though, yeah. because I'm always the youngest in the room, right? right I use age to my advantage every single day. Of course. Absolutely. Did for you, as long as you can. Did I you still do the do. same? Okay. Absolutely. I okay. still do. But yes. Okay, so the reason I bring that up to say is you're dealing in for, will you just quickly give background on MSD and what, who they are, what they are, et cetera, who's behind that? Sure, yeah. MSD is, is the family office of Michael Dell, and there's multiple investments that they have across a, a portfolio of, of different opportunities. Um, but there's a real estate division, and the Boca Raton falls into the real estate division. Got it. And so for those of you that didn't put two and two together, I'll make it simple for you. Dell Computers. That's, that's <laughs> as simple as I can make it for you. But the reason I say that it is you are the youngest in the room with a team full of truthfully world leaders, people Absolutely. that 
have the money to buy a place like this, have the resources to run and operate a place like this. Mm-hmm. Being the youngest in the room, what's one piece of advice that you could give to the younger generation that's in business that may be in those similar situations? What has been your biggest takeaway so far? I mean, I think preparation and results. You know, you have to earn your seat in those rooms and in those conversations. I think that when there's an opportunity, you obviously take it, but you do that with extensive preparation. Yeah. So, you know, walking into these rooms really have, you know, one of the things in sales, a sales training um, and anything really is like the power of like role playing and preparation. I'm a huge believer in that. I think it's so important to role play and anticipate what kind of questions are going to be asked. What's the environment going to be like playing through that scenario in my head before I walk into those opportunities so that I feel as comfortable as you can, um, obviously alert and prepared and ready, but also that you've, you're trying to not be caught off guard or surprised. So whatever preparation you can make. And I also think speaking less is more. You definitely want everyone to know that you said something, but if it's not appropriate for you to say something, nobody wants to just hear mindless chatter or, you know, you don't have to speak up if you have nothing valuable to say. I also think if you don't know what to say, it's okay to say, that's a great point. Let me circle back with you. I think oftentimes some people get nervous and they want to be perceived as knowing it. And so they'll throw a number out or throw a stat out. But when you're around extremely intelligent people, that doesn't work. It can ruin you. Yeah, 100%. I think single-handedly as being a leader in business that is younger, right? I oversee some people that are older than me, which is strange at times. But the number one thing I hear and I appreciate in leadership is I don't know, but I will find out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. To hear the second half of that of I will find out and I will get it done or I'll figure it out, I'll let you know. That to me is one of the biggest things that someone can do to show where they're putting their effort and where they're putting their time into. To say you don't know is one thing, but to say you're going to find out is a whole different situation. And I've done tons of just solo episodes of just talking about being young and in business. Yes. And and a lot of what I've said before is I've learned when to shut my mouth. I've Mm -hmm. learned when to open my mouth. And most importantly, I've learned when to absorb, right? Always being the youngest in the room, you want to surround yourself with people that you can absorb great things from and turn them into things internally to yourself that's going to transfer over to what you do in business, what you do in family, what you do when you drive your car, mm-hmm. right? What you, how you act when you're in the gym. Those kinds of things can be absorbed in those environments and then taken to another place in your life. I, I'm a big believer in that. And then the last thing I'll say is you talked about earning your seat, earning your stay. In my consulting firm, we have something called keys, keep earning your stay. Yes. And I love that you brought that up and pointed that out. And I don't think I've even ever shared on the podcast keys before. It's just something I've kept internal, not purposeful, just I yeah. have. Um, but it's so important to, once you get in a place, to ensure that you're doing everything you can to stay in that place. And you're never getting comfortable where you are. You're always trying new things, learning new things. Something I talk about a lot on this show is failure because I think, again, the younger generation is fearful of failure. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts around failure in business or how you deal with failure, especially at a place like this where you're the head of membership here and failure potentially is seen by thousands of people, right? Mm-hmm. But in order to succeed, you have to fail at some point. So how do you deal with that day-to-day in your job and your role? It's part of life where people that no, we're not perfect, there's right. going to be mistakes. I think it's how you how you prepare for it, right? 
I mean, that's something, that's a lesson we learned here. You mentioned it's a large club, it's a large place. We can make a change that may seem really small, but if we don't communicate it correctly, it can affect you because you find out about it and then you tell your friend about it and then you tell your father about it and then now yeah. there's like a rumor mill out there because something wasn't rolled out properly right and it was something that was so minute right. but it's like wow we miserably failed because like we didn't prepare it we're in the hotel business most people know that hotels are measured on like a star basis a one star being like a poor hotel that you never want to go to and a five star being the best of the best yeah so we started a rollout process called like five-star communications. And it's all about how you prepare in advance so that when you launch a change or even before we send an email, we have a five-star checklist that we go through. Is this a five-star rollout? Have we informed all the right people internally? Have we communicated it via email, text, whatever channel it's going yeah. to be? So um, I think, again, it goes back to that preparation piece. That's what's like so incredibly important. Yeah, no, I, I love that. The internal structure and organization that can be given to someone can not only help them out, but help the organization look as if they are as organized as they totally. seem to be, right? Because I, I truthfully, listen, I, I run businesses too. Sometimes you look more organized than you are, and there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. It's because you don't ever want to be perceived as disorganized. But like I said, dealing with such a large place like this, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, there's thousands of employees that come on property every single day that are here to make sure that this property functions and does what it's supposed to do. And I think what I'll transition our conversation into is from a membership perspective, here's what I'll say. I've grown up coming here since the time I was seven years old. Mm -hmm. And I've made friends here. Yeah. I have laughed here. I've cried here, right? I, moments, right? all those moments. I, I've yeah. done a lot of things here in my life. And I brought someone here yesterday that um, I was telling you about before we started recording. And you take someone that's never been to a place like this. Mm -hmm. And this guy is ultra high caliber, wealthy, very affluent, has seen a lot of luxury in his life. Sure but he's wowed by here, right? Because you walk around, what other country club in the world can you go to where there's a Sidel's, a world famous restaurant right. that you can go and eat breakfast at, right. right? Or what other country club has a place where you can go to a spa that is a world renowned spa? Mm -hmm. Or you talk about pickleball. I'm an avid pickleball player, right? You probably see me Who on the pickleball, it? yeah. <laughs> on the pickleball courts on Saturday and Sunday morning. Yeah. You have all these amenities that make this place. And I think something that's very beneficial about this place is the resources and connections that can be made here. Friendships, let's put that aside for one thing, right? Because you'll be able to make friends, in my opinion, wherever you go, if you're a good human, you'll be able to make friends. But specifically here, I think a lot of people don't see the business opportunities that are present around them at this place. And I know that's something that you've been focusing on yes. as head of membership, sort of putting and curating business type of events and including specific members and inviting them because they're making a difference in the business world. Why did you start doing that? So, you know, I think that our responsibility in how we create our club is to create environments. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I meet a lot of people, particularly that move here to South Florida, they're relocated from New York or wherever they're coming from. And they say, we want to live the Florida lifestyle. We want a convertible. We want a boat. We want a cool club. We want to become better golfers. We want to play pickleball. We want a great place <laughs> to hang out. Right. That's what they all say, but they don't have any friends because they just moved here. Right. So I say, you know, we can create the environments for you to build relationships and connections. 
I can introduce you to a few people here or there, but like once we build the environment, it's up to you to kind of run with it. Right. A lot of people I think want to do business and they're still afraid or maybe uncomfortable, especially if you're a club member that like, you know, maybe that guy that I met at the bar, I don't want to turn the conversation right into business Mm -hmm. or, you know, they're with their family. I want to respect them. Or so I wanted to create an environment where people could freely attend knowing that like, this is a business networking event and you should come prepared to talk about business. Of course you can talk about whatever you wish, but we can create an environment where we're going to have a speaker, someone for you to listen to. Maybe we're highlighting a member and we'll have a short, inspirational conversation about some leadership and business topic. And then we'll have networking amongst our members. And the goal really there being to, if you want to talk about business or you want to talk about networking, this is the place to come. It's not a trade show. You don't need to come like bringing out like your business cards or your swag or whatever, but we wanted to create a formal environment for business networking. So that's what I've been trying to work on. And the other thing I'll add to that, and obviously I've, purposely set you up and teach you up for that question because I have been to the event, one of them, and it's been amazing, right? I I personally walked away with some great connections from that event. Um, But the other aspect I think that's unrecognized by a ton of members is you have a plethora of hotel guests that are coming here from all over the world, Mm -hmm. staying here. They don't know anyone I can't tell you how many conversations I've sparked up and this is going to this is going to make I know someone from the executive team besides yourself is going to listen to this and this is going to make this is going to make them laugh. Some nights when I'm eating dinner here, I'll walk around and everyone from the conventions, because for all of you, if you're looking to plan a convention or host a, a large group meeting, this is for sure the place to do it. But they all wear the badges with their a names lanyard. on it, right? Yeah. A lanyard. And what I'll do is I'll walk around. I'll be like, oh, hey, Amy, how are you? It was good chatting with you earlier. And she'll be, oh, it was great talking to you earlier, right? Because they talk to so many people during the day. They don't know who is who. But what I'll say is when I'm not joking around or messing with them, you spark up a conversation with someone and you have no idea where that's going to take you, Mm -hmm. right? So whether it's someone sitting waiting for their table or they're just sitting in Palm Court having a drink, you don't know who you're going to stumble upon here. And I, to me, that's one of the coolest things about coming here Agreed. is you could be sitting at dinner and someone behind you could be from California or, you know, wherever, Georgia. It doesn't matter where I've met people from literally all over the world here. And you can find something in common with those people. Yeah, Human connection is powerful. Yeah, a- absolutely. And I think that's one thing that members here need to understand more so, right? And being a member, I, I can say that. And I would say that the people that are coming here take a second to consider why they're here, right? Right now, as we're recording this, the bar convention for the state mm-hmm. of Florida is going on here. You have world-renowned judges, lawyers, justices on property right here. And I'm sure they're going to be on about later tonight, right? So mingle with people, talk to them, see what they're doing here, get to know them, right? I think that's one aspect that people don't do enough of from what I see. Do you? Yeah, I agree. I mean, the power of networking, I think, especially like in an environment like this, people are at a resort. They're here to relax. It becomes more natural. We're not on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. Yeah, There's not like taxis flying by and loud things happening. You know, this is like, it's a resort. So people are already in a more calm setting and they're more approachable. And, you know, who doesn't love a day at the beach or a day at the pool? Or even if you're doing business, you're conducting it in this 
beautiful, relaxing environment. So you're primed to meet people and people are primed to talk. And I can't tell you from a membership standpoint, when you bring people here for a dinner meeting, you sit outside at Principesa, one of the only places in Boca you can sit outside on the intercoastal and eat. They are just like, wow, this is beautiful. This is great. That type of setting doesn't get any better for business. But you flow us into the next part of our conversation a little bit, and you did it unintentionally, is talking about the relaxing aspect that's of the Boca Raton, right? For all of you that understand, there's the main side, which is now called Harbor Side. Um, I'm trying to use the new and updated terminology here. So Harbor Side is on the intercoastal side. And then you can either take a boat that will take you across to the beach side, or you can take one of the shuttle buses that will take you over there. So there's ways to get back and forth. What I will say is there are so many relaxing things to do. You can come here and feel like you truthfully are at a resort in the Caribbean, somewhere else right? You get that type of vibe and feeling here. What would you say from members that you talk to is their favorite part about coming here to relax? Is it the beach? Is it the spa? You know, everybody has something different, you know, and because the club has such a breadth of amenities, people can choose what's most important to them. We have a lot of members that live oceanfront. They live on the beach. They have a home or a condo. So they already have beach. They might not use the beach club very much, but what they don't have is golf and pickleball and whatever else. Likewise, we have families that live in big gated communities and they have a pool in their backyard and then a community pool and they're on the golf course and they have a million tennis courts, but they don't have beach. Right. But our number one value proposition here will always be the social community that's built. And social community is meeting people, but it's also like those memories, like what you talked about. Yeah. You know, when you join a club, Um, And what our business is built around are those experiences. When you become a member here, you're going to live your life here. Yeah. So like we meet families that come in with young infants. And then as we're walking through the hotel, it's like you could have their birthday parties here, their bar mitzvah here, your daughter's wedding in the cathedral, her baby shower, then in the yucca. I mean, literally people live their whole lives here. And like, that's that's really the best part. Yeah. Or you have traditions, like you take your family Christmas card picture every year in front of the statue. And, you know, people I meet every day, like that have all of these amazing memories or they used to come here before their parents passed, or they used to come here with their grandparents or like all those emotional moments of our lives. Again, that goes back to, we get to create the environment and then people get to live their lives here. Like that's the best part. Yeah. No, I, listen, there are so many sentimental things that have gone on in my life here, which is so weird and funny to say at the same time that it's actually shocking. Like the memories that I have literally growing up coming here. And again, what I will say is seeing the transformation of what MSD has turned this place into Mm -hmm. is unbelievable. Truly, there's truly no words that can describe what this place is like now. You have to come here. You have to come experience it. You have to come visit and be on the property. I mean, even down to things we didn't talk about, right? Renting a jet ski on the beach, taking out a paddleboard on Lake Boca. There's so many, or going to the Harborside pool where there, if you have little kids, there's the little water park area now, right? There's so many different activities to do for all age ranges. Correct. Whether you're an infant or whether you're 99 years old, there is something for you to do here. And I think- That is one of the things that makes this place most special. 
The other thing I want to talk about is when you talk about this place, how many times, Justin, are you referring to this place for people that don't know? Is Do you ever know that big pink tower? Is that a common <laughs> one that you say or not it really? Is. It is. Some people, you know, it's, it's a landmark. The tower yeah. is... Um, the tallest building in Palm Beach County. So right. it's 27 stories. When you're up in, in at the top of it, if you look south, you can see the Fort Lauderdale skyline. And if you look north, you can see the planes landing at Palm Beach Airport. So it's such a great way. And um, now whenever I'm flying in, like, you know your home when you, like, see the tower from the air, right? You're like, yeah. oh, we're going to be landing soon. We're yep. almost to Fort Lauderdale. We're almost to Miami, wherever you're flying into. But yes, a lot of people identify it as that. Yeah. And because it's not open to the general public, um, because you can't just come here and play golf or go to the bars or the restaurants, you have to be staying here, you have to be a member. Even a lot of people that have lived in South Florida their whole life, they don't really know what this is in here. Yeah. So there's still like a level of discovery, which I think is great. It keeps it exclusive, but it also means that we meet people all the time that are like, I've lived in South Florida for... 15 years. I never knew this existed. So it's always fun too, to have that moment of like introducing new things to people. Everybody wants to find somewhere new. Yeah. I'll tell you what's so funny is shout out to one of my buddy, Cliff. If you don't know Cliff, you know, his dog, his dog is named Brody and he wears the goggles and rides the bike. Um, He's probably the most famous dog in the world, but Cliff born and raised in South Florida. Mm -hmm. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I don't know if he's born here, but raised in South Florida for sure. And we were talking one day. He's like, there's no good Italian food in Boca. I said, don't say that. I said, let me take you to the restaurant called Prince Pesa. He's like, okay, I never heard of it before. I said, yeah, because you have to belong here to come here. Right. Um, And after I took him there he we ordered almost everything on the menu <laughs> some of you text he was like i was wrong about the italian food in boca that's right um so i again i say that to say that you talk about people that don't know what this place is about and the reason i brought up the pink tower is because when i talk to people and you talk to them about boca you, you know that place for the big pink towers oh i don't you know i see the pink tower i've never been there right. right it's one of those things that they can resonate with where this place is and sort of where it is in terms of east boca on the water but again the unknown here for those that don't come here it's worthwhile to make the trip here absolutely right it's worthwhile to come here and make the trip now for those people that are listening right now obviously you're the head of membership so for those that want to come and stay here and we'll get to membership after for those that want to come and stay here will you just explain the layout of the different places that they can stay on Mm -hmm. property there's five different hotel buildings here which is crazy over at the beach club there's a forbes five-star 200-room hotel called the Boca Beach Club Oceanfront. If you stay there, you have access to all the amenities on the harbor side. Likewise, if you stay on the harbor side, you have access to all the amenities. So it really doesn't matter what building you stay in. You just have to decide what's most important to you. Right. Some people love that waking up early, early in the morning and you know, opening their curtains and you're watching the sunrise over the ocean. Like That's pretty spectacular. So for people that Amazing. want that, you have the Beach Club. And then here on the harbor side, we have the tower, which um, has just reopened after a massive renovation. Literally, the building was gutted. Um, it's primarily sweet products um, and connecting rooms. So if you're traveling with friends or family or couple couples, to have the opportunity to like be on the same floor and connecting units with suites is really great. Yeah. And it's located right next to our new Harborside Pool Club, which is where everybody wants to be and see and be seen. And there's a lazy river, kind of a great spot. And then we have an adults-only yacht club. It's junior suites and premium suites. To have that's something that's adults-only is really great. It's more of that traditional, old-school, elegant yeah. experience yeah. Um, where the tower is more about for the luxury modern traveler. 
And then we have the Cloister Building, which is the historic main building. And, the, you know, the original hotel was built in 1926. So it was kind of the inspiration for it all. A lot of people love staying there because it's most conveniently located. It's right in the heart of everything. And the history is a huge part of our story. So for a lot of people uh, like me, that's really a cool thing. Yeah. And then we have 60 residential style bungalows that sit on the golf course. And those are great. And they were extremely popular in COVID and they continue to be for people that are looking to maybe get away for like three weeks or a month or three months where they want the amenities of home, like a kitchen and two bedrooms and a living area but still have access to all the greater resort amenities. So what we call the bungalows Melrose place. Sometimes it has like a cool little feel over there. Um, But if you're looking to come for long term or you're relocating here and you need a place to stay for a couple of months or you're doing a home or condo renovation, the bungalows are a really great option. I will say it's funny that we're doing this now. I was just in Michigan and talking to a buddy of mine that came and stayed here. Mm -hmm. Um, And I said, what'd you think of your stay? I was like, we kind of talked a little bit after I haven't seen you in a while. Like, what did you think? He was like, that place is amazing. We talk about how we want to go back all the time. And for anyone listening right now, I have no reason to like talk so highly about this place. Like (laughs) it's not sponsored. Exactly. It's because I believe in this place, right? That's why I always try and help however I can drive youth here, drive activity here, right? Drive just livelihood here. I think it's so important in this world because this place is unbelievable. But Mm -hmm. like you said, people don't even like know, you know, like if you, it's one of those things where if you know, you know, right? I see it as one of those things. But now let's talk about the membership side of things, obviously. Mm -hmm. And something I want to stay away from is how many members, what the cost is, more so the member experience here. And sort of, I think once you're on property, sort of separating the hotel guests from members, et cetera, and those kinds of different experiences that they'll receive. If you wouldn't mind diving into that for a little bit, I think the listeners would appreciate that. Sure. It's what makes us very unique that it's a shared facility. It's what keeps it fresh and modern and fun. Yes. It's like we said, you know, we don't want to be that stodgy thing. One example is I was talking to a member and and she was a member at another country club here in town, kind of more that traditional one golf course, one restaurant. And she said, you know, Justin, I've worked really hard and I like to have a martini at three o'clock. She's like, at my other club, when I go there, everybody knows who I am and I feel awkward. When I come here, I could have a martini at 9 a.m. and no one would care. I'm like, yeah. that's exactly like the idea. Like this is a resort. It's a no judgment of all that kind of thing. This is a place to come and meet people and enjoy. So it's a shared facility, hotel guests and members. Um, but members are really core to what this business is. We train our staff around that this is a, a club. You know, in any type of business, you're looking for repeat guests, right? Yeah. You're looking for frequency. How do you, if you own a restaurant, how do I get them to come more? If I'm selling a product, how do I get them to come here more and often, right? Well, we always say that like a member is a 100% repeat guest. A member is going to continue to come. We have them for their lifetime. So how do we kind of, again, create those environments and moments for them? How do we manage the business? We manage it with a focus on members first and hotel guests are second, but it all works together. The amenities are built for both things. Many hotel guests become members and a lot of the hotel guests actually our members. Members use the rooms for special occasions, for their friends and family when they're in town. They host meetings and events here. They host their colleagues and partners when they're in town. So it very much all blends together and is very much the same. So we, even though we, we have a member's first sense and mentality about us, it really is difficult to differentiate who's a member and, and who's a guest. And 
both use all the facilities together. And I will say, literally tomorrow, for everyone listening, we're recording this on Thursday, June 22nd. Tomorrow, my COO is checking into this hotel. as his, Exactly. Yeah, as his Christmas gift, I gave him a, exactly. a weekend to come here and enjoy and hang out and live life with his family because exactly. this is the place to do it. So to your point, you 100% have members. I'll tell you right now, my family has came here and stayed <laughs> exactly. for special yeah. occasions just to have a little staycation, right? I think is the mm-hmm. word that everyone uses That's nowadays, the, right? the staycation. So big component of the Boca Raton, obviously, is the members, but you also have that hotel guest. I can't tell you how many times growing up here, like I'll bring friends, families, partners, and you bring them here. First off, the entrance pulling in is unbelievable. And then you're like, yeah, this is a hotel country club. And you're like, whoa, I, that's a hotel country club. Because mm. for what you get when you join here, it is unbelievable. You talked about all the restaurants. You talked about everything. I think something, again, that I'll point out as a member, and like I said, I hope the executive team listens to this at some point, but as a member, one of the coolest transitions I've seen so far is everyone used to go to the beach club, right? Parking at the beach club was crazy. Not enough spots for everyone. Everyone wants to go there. Everyone wants to be there. And then this gorgeous renovation happened on Harborside in the Harborside pool. And now... It's like Harborside first, Beach Club second, right? <laughs> exactly. You've seen that it's transition where people like, they only stay on Harborside. You very rarely go to the Beach Club side. I'll tell you, literally pulling in for this podcast, I took the service entrance in. Yes. Um, and the gentleman there who was working security usually works security at the Beach Club side. And I said to him, I go, oh my God, I haven't seen you in forever. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, I haven't seen him in forever because I haven't gone to the, to the beach, beach club, club. <laughs> side in so long. Right. Not that it's bad, it's gorgeous. The views are tremendous. They're amazing. But it's one of those things where, okay, we have this gorgeous renovation now. We were going to stay on Harborside now. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a cool thing to point out for the listeners that are out there. Um, and one that I'll point out as a member too that comes here and hangs out. It's cool to see that transition. Is there anything new that's coming up that you can maybe share with us about some things going on to give a little insight sure. to? You know, over the past couple of years, we've been really putting a lot of investments in at this Harborside, building the Harborside Pool Club. Really, the ownership group's vision was to touch everything here on the harbor side. So we did that by reconcepting all the restaurants and bars. Our CEO, uh, Daniel Hosteller, is very visionary, and the attention to detail is very important to him. So you can see his touches all kind of throughout the harbor side. And you know, and we're proud of, of what we built. There's obviously always going to be evolutions and ways for us to elevate, but we're proud of, of what we've created here. Um, the next big renovation that we'll be getting ready to announce soon is renovations over at the Beach Club. So now that we've kind of finished up everything over here at the harbor side, we'll look over to the beach club and uh, all the details haven't been announced yet. So more to come. Stay tuned. But we're super excited about that and kind of what you said. You know, everybody now thinks harbor side's so great that it's like we got to continue to the love and make sure that the beach club is just as spectacular as the harbor side. I and still it, think it looks pretty amazing right now. I was going to say, it, <laughs> the inside of it is gorgeous. I mean, it's to, spectacular. Yeah, it is spectacular. And I don't think that people come here because it's more spectacular over here. I think they come here because it's new. Well, For people they, like us that have been coming here for 15, 20 years, you have a whole new thing that you can come and experience. You're going to be here, exactly. right? You're, it's just News always fun. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing like being at the beach and our three oceanfront swimming pools. And we have a great restaurant there called Marisol. And, you know, it's surprising. Like in South Florida, there's just not a lot of places to have a drink or to have dinner or 
breakfast and lunch for that matter, that's oceanfront. So we're really fortunate to have that space. And um, we have an amazing restaurant called Marisol that's there. I think it's one of maybe the best restaurant that we have and the ambience you just can't beat yeah. to be able to sit there in the evening and feel the breeze and hear the ocean crashing and have spectacular Mediterranean food. It's spectacular. I'll tell you, I love eating at Marisol, but for breakfast, you well, know, that's true. You know, I love eating there for breakfast. That's like the only time recently I've gone to the beach club side is to go and eat breakfast there because <laughs> I don't think that there is another place in 10 miles direction, whether you go north or south, maybe even a little more than that, that you can eat on the beach, Correct. right? That you can actually literally sit there and feel like you, because you are, you're literally on the beach, pretty much eating food, looking at gorgeous views. I can't tell you again, how many meetings, breakfast mm -hmm. meetings I've had there. And again, it just sets the tone. And I think that's something that people overlook is when you're looking to dine somewhere, something I, like I look at a lot is who am I going to dinner with and what do I want the vibe of that dinner to be? Correct. Right? There's restaurants, not here, but elsewhere in Boca del Rey. I'm not going to go there because it's too loud. You can't have a conversation here. But there's restaurants where you can set the vibe of what tone of the conversation is going to be. Mm -hmm. What's the atmosphere going to be? What's the feel going to be like? And I think that's something that's very well done here is everything has a different feel to it. One night you can go to Japanese bocce club and get some modern Asian fusion type food. And the next night you could be at Marisol on the beach eating Mediterranean food and two totally different vibes, different restaurants, different people. You'll experience different things. And again, I think that people don't realize that a place like that is located here. They just don't. They don't see it. They don't know it. But what I will say as a highlight to whoever again listens to this is I think that message is being portrayed perfectly right now on social media. Mm -hmm. I think you're starting to see and feel more people understanding that this place is a higher caliber, very unique resort. I mean, you tell me, is there another place like this in the country? Like, quite frankly, is there? there I don't isn't, know. There isn't um, in the sense that it's a private resort that's not open to the public. So a lot of times this hotel will be compared to the Breakers in Palm Beach. The difference is the Breakers is open to the public. So we could go there right now and have dinner at the seafood bar, or go to right. HMF or whatever. We're here, you're, you're either staying as a registered hotel guest or you're a member to access the amenities. So to your point, to have a partnership with Mario Carbone's major food group that's and have four funny. That's the next thing MFG I was restaurants up. here, you know, I mean... That is a really unique value proposition for hotel guests and members that they have that quality uh, of dining uh, as an option is, is something really great that we can offer. Yeah, and for those that don't know what Major Food Group is, I highly recommend you look into what Major Food Group is. Phenomenal hospitality group. Um, they curate some of the best restaurants and dining experience in the world. And what did you say? There's four? Four here. So Sedell's, Japanese Bocce Club, Principesa, um, and Flamingo. Flamingo Girl. That's right above us. We're literally sitting right underneath <laughs> Flamingo. Um, How's that happen? Yeah, I, it's funny. How does it? I took someone on a restaurant tour here yesterday. I was telling you about it. I couldn't even remember the fourth one. But <laughs> I think that people, again, you talk about food in Boca. Someone that owns a very large hospitality company asked me, where's the best food in Boca? Can you mm -hmm. give me the vibe of Boca? And I brought them here. And they're like, yeah, but don't people have to be members to eat here? And I'd say, yes, they do. But the people that are going to eat at that type of restaurant, in my opinion, belong here, Correct. right? And that's it's such a unique aspect to have. To say that you belong to a club that has four major food group restaurants is... Mm -hmm. 
No one else in the world can say that unless you belong to the Boca Raton. As we come to the end of the interview, Justin, one question I like to ask is, out of all your time here being spent here, what is your favorite thing about the Boca Raton? I think my favorite thing about it, I have a couple, so I might have to give you two, but I think I love seeing people connect here, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe that's my background in meetings and events or just being someone that loves people and loves togetherness that like watching people, whether it's they meet on a water taxi or you meet at the Palm court or you just see these relationships building momentum. I think that that's like, that's so great. Yeah. And I also just think, um, I like to come to the resort really early in the morning And when you're walking the grounds, it's a peaceful place. You know, we live such stressful lives that I think, you know, of course, everybody loves the idea of walking on the beach and like, that's incredible, but it's also just amazing to walk the grounds and you see the history and, you know, not to try to make it too deep, but like this place has been here almost a hundred years. And so you think about all the people that have passed through here and decisions that were made here or life events that people have experienced here. And it's just a very relaxing, soothing environment. Yeah. No, it really is. Like I said, you can come here and go at a restaurant and it's a high, fast paced, you know, highly social restaurant, or you can take a few steps and go to the spa where you're going to feel super relaxed, laid back. And you can even eat lunch at the spa now, which I think is a cool feature that we and you need to push to more members that they can know that you can, you know, have a massage and then eat some lunch at the spa too. I think that's a huge add on. And the last question I'll ask you, Justin, is one that I ask every single guest that comes on the show. Great. And that is, what do you wish you knew when you were in your early twenties? I guess it has to go around kind of like what we were talking about before, which is just, you don't have to be the smartest person. You know, I wasn't the best student um, in college. I also didn't really care that much. It wasn't like a passion. But I think once you kind of develop what you're looking for, opportunities are just going to continue to come. And you don't have to get stressed about like, how am I going to make X amount of dollars? Or how am I ever going to afford this, that, or the other thing? If you really find out what you really are good at and what your strengths are, and also how to build around where you know your weaknesses are, you can grow really quickly and amazing opportunities will come your way. And I think as you're building your career, you can, you meet incredible people that can partner with you. I'm successful in my role because I have a lot of people around me that support me in different ways. And on areas where I know I'm not strong, I can find someone to support me that is strong in that area. I love that. Um, and, And I think that that's, you know, you don't need to stress out so much about where all this is going to end. If you just really work hard and you you understand yourself, you'll be successful. I love that. That's a great one. Well, Justin, listen, you know how much I love you as a person. Same. I respect you. You're doing a tremendous job here. Like I said, been coming here my entire life and seeing the changes you've made within membership to make the membership experience more memorable, mm-hmm. more comfortable, more welcoming. You've done a great job at that. I think a lot of other people would commend you if they had the chance to. So I'll do it on behalf of all those people. Thank you. And absolutely. For your membership. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we got we're working on a junior membership. Maybe we'll throw it in there See, at the right? last second. Maybe, maybe yes. not. 
that? I don't know, potentially. So hoping so we can bring some youth here because how cool would it be for me to be 85, 95 years old here and sit back and remember a time where Justin and I recorded a podcast exactly, right? on the 18th hole, right? It would be tremendous. So that's right. want to drive that. But if anyone wants to get in contact with you, way to do it, how yeah. can I do it? So um, we have a club website, thebokeratoneclub.com. We have an inquiry form there um, and they can reach out to us there and we'd be happy to help them however we can. Perfect. Well, thank you, Justin, for coming on. I appreciate you, your time and everything you do for this place. Appreciate it. Thanks for everything. Not only is Justin a person that I have a tremendous amount of respect for, but he's a go-getter, he's a hustler, he's a problem solver, and most importantly, and I'm sure you can tell this if you've listened to the full episode, which if you're here now, I would assume you've listened to the full episode, he is an executor, he gets things done. I can tell you very confidently that there is not one single time where I've asked Justin about something or asked him to do something and he has not pulled through and done it for me. So shout out to Justin. He is the best of the best. He deserves that title and he is doing tremendous things for the Boca Raton. So shout out to you, Justin. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And keep in mind, we talk about leadership in other episodes of this show. We talked a little bit about it on this episode, but leadership is so important and always leading by example is even more important. And as a listener to this show, I hold you to a higher standard. I've said that on many, many episodes before. I hold you to a higher standard to always lead by example in whatever you do in life. So make sure you do just that. Lead by example, no matter where you are or what you are doing, because it's gonna pay off tenfold. And with that being said, I will bring this outro to a short stop here so that way you can get on to what you have going on for the remainder of the day please make sure you're subscribed to the show and make sure you tell a friend about the show help the show grow organically we appreciate that we appreciate your support and always remember that you are a leader you are the best of the best and guess what you just finished another episode of your favorite podcast this is the best of the best presented by the maverick teams